This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. Welcome back to the Wharton Sports Business Show here on Sirius XM Business Radio Channel 111. I'm George Perry, and I'm with my co-host, Michelle Young. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Jerry Brewer of the Washington Post, uh, talking about the national anthem issue and the NFL. Um, But we're now going to shift gears, talk a little digital media uh, and measuring sponsorships and digital media. And I'm going to let our guest tell you a little bit about his company, but I can tell you uh, that they did this company hook it did win the digital did win the digital marketing association innovation award in 16 for measurement and attribution so to talk a little bit about hook it and what they do i'd like to bring on scott tilton ceo ceo and co-founder of hook it welcome to the show scott thanks george thanks michelle scott um let's get right off the back if you could start a little bit um maybe Talk a bit about Hookit and, and what your what your company does. Sure, Rob. Yeah, Hookit's a sponsorship analytics and valuation platform. Uh, we focus specifically on tracking the sponsorship value of athletes, teams, leagues, event properties by tracking all of the social and digital media content and activity, and uh, put dollar values on what all that content is worth um, in terms of sponsorship value for brands. And so, what made you decide to start this company? You're an athlete yourself, is that correct? Uh, yes, yeah, so I grew up competing in a lot of different sports and um, went to college originally for sports medicine and sports management and later went back for computer science. But I always had this, you know, really um, affinity towards sponsorship because as an amateur athlete competing, you rely on sponsorships to be able to afford to do what you do. And so I've always loved the sports marketing and sports business side of things and um, decided to start a company that did this. And in the early days, it was quite a bit different than what it does today. Uh you know, we began as a platform for athletes to connect with sponsors, and uh, it worked very much like a CRM platform for brands to be able to administer their sponsorships with athletes. And uh, we began building out the data and analytics side uh, more recently over the past six, seven years, and um, evolved into quantifying sponsorship value rather than connecting the athletes with the sponsors. So what 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 caused you to make that transition? Did you had you been at the marketplace and kind of seen a need for this and and you guys felt that you had the the expertise to do it? Yeah, I mean, what happened over the years was, you know, we grew the the original business was actually called Sponsor House and we rebranded as Hook It in 2010 and the that Sponsor House business was, you know, we had 600,000 amateur athletes using it, so it was wasn't a small business. Um, but what happened was we started scoring and ranking all those athletes to quantify their value to the brands that were using the platform. And it was a light bulb moment that we saw how big the followings of some of these athletes were becoming and how much engagement they were driving with their fans. And rather than connecting them with brands, we saw an immediate opportunity to quantify their sponsorship value for the brands. And we kind of pivoted the entire business model around that and moved beyond the athletes to start tracking, you know, the teams and the leagues and the event properties and turned it into a more of an analytics and data platform instead of being a, a platform for the two entities to connect with each other. So I imagine there was a time when you were doing this when the word mention and hashtag and following weren't even in the picture. Was it hard to uh, make that sell to sponsors and, you know, talk about what you were doing there? 
Um, yeah, it was probably, you know, it was a, it didn't last very long in terms of the confusion of or convincing people of the need. Um, yeah, to your point, when we started, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, none of these platforms were even out yet. And the year that we started, I think MySpace was really big. And um, <clears throat> so what happened was, you know, when we started presenting the data back to the brands, um, it became immediately evident that, you know, the follower bases of some of these athletes were bigger than the television viewers on TV. And the huge opportunity that we saw kind of a macro shift in the market was everybody was basing sponsorship value off of television exposure and ratings and how many fans were showing up to games and events. And no one was really including the social side. And once we started including the follower bases and the number of posts and number of interactions against those posts, it quickly started to dwarf all the other numbers. And so it was a, a really rapid shift that it became apparent that you couldn't ignore social and digital and you had to embrace it and more importantly, figure out a way to quantify it so that you can incorporate it into your sponsorship strategy. So uh, let's talk a minute about how you quantify those things. Um, and maybe if you could take it at kind of the very basic level, what exact, if I'm a brand, for example, if I, I was at Visa for many years, if I came to you from Visa and said, you know, I want to measure our, our digital media activation and how we're doing, how are you going to go about gathering that data? And then how are you going to present it to the brand? Yeah, so most brands, you know, have some type of mix of who they sponsor. And, you know, Visa may not be the best example. Um, maybe take a brand like Nike or Bose, mm -hmm. where they have a pretty wide portfolio of they might have a couple hundred athletes, a bunch of teams, a bunch of different event properties or leagues. Um, so the way our platform works is that we're already tracking virtually every athlete on the planet uh, that's professional and we track those athletes across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Weibo, VK, and a growing list of digital properties. So anytime that one of those athletes posts, we collect those posts, and then we analyze them for promotion of brands. So we're looking for hashtags and mentions, and then we do computer vision against all the photos and videos to find logos and products. So we'll flag, you know, so let's say an athlete like Cristiano Ronaldo makes 100 posts. We will flag every single one of his posts that have promotion of Nike, and then we measure how much engagement happens against those posts and put a dollar value on what those posts are worth to Nike based on how much engagement the post got and the quality of the promotion. That's that's really interesting. Um, so can you talk us through a situation where someone like Baker Mayfield, when the, the Browns rookie quarterback, you know, wasn't at the draft, he made his announcement um, on Instagram, I believed, and what that did for his social media presence and how, you know, you could show that through what you're tracking and what that did for him with brands? Yeah, so Baker's a good example. Um, so he was starting the trend leading up to the draft, or the draft and, um, and I think just mainly because of his age and how he's kind of grown up in social media, he's just, you know, really good at it compared to some of the other athletes on the Browns. And, you know, so he started trending back in really January and then started just continued incrementally increasing his number of followers and the engagement that he's getting. And he's done some really creative things um, where he's doing his own shows and, you know, doing things live through Instagram. Uh, but long and short, I mean, he year to date, he's driven uh, just shy of the number of interactions for all the other Browns players combined. So he's driven about 
7.7 million interactions month to, or year to date, and the entire team has only driven 8.1. That's pretty incredible. And so you mentioned um, putting a dollar value on these things without giving away, you know, your your best best secrets. I mean, how, how do you determine what a dollar value is for a, a social media mention or promotion? Yeah, so on, on all the platforms, you can advertise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's two basic means of advertising on social media where you can buy based on the number of impressions or the reach that you get, or you can buy based on the number of engagements that you get. So that's, you know, called a cost per engagement model. Mm-hmm. And so we use the ad rates from the different platforms on what it costs to advertise on a cost per engagement basis. And so that's why when a post gets made, we track the number of likes and comments and shares. And uh, that combined with the promotion quality is how we arrive at a dollar value. But it's all driven by what the platforms are charging for advertising. And then as you're tracking that, can you talk about what trends you're seeing? Like what's working out there and and what actually isn't working? Yeah, so um, I think one of the biggest trends that we've seen over the years is um, in sponsorship. You obviously have the sponsorship deal itself that happens. And, you know, so a brand like Nike will come in and sponsor LeBron James. Uh, so that's the sponsorship deal. But then there's another aspect of sponsorship called activation. So you have to, you know, now go out and promote your sponsorship of LeBron. And that's where you're buying, you know, TV spots and doing social pushes and any on-site activations and things. So the, one of the biggest trends that we've seen is just how, how many brands are planning to activate their sponsorships through social media. And this is a stat that wasn't even really tracked three, four years ago. And this year, you know, 98% of all marketers that are doing sponsorship are planning to activate their sponsorship through social media. So I think that's probably the biggest piece of it. And they rate social and digital media presence and rights to be able to use those channels and content as the number two most important benefit that an athlete or a team could provide. It's rated number two only behind category exclusivity. So I think that's probably the biggest trend is everyone's planning to activate through social because it's real time. You can measure what's happening with the posts that are getting made, and you can optimize content strategies on the fly. Um, in terms of what's working, uh, Instagram is really the clear leader when it comes to um, the engagement that's happening against the athletes and teams. Um, photos and videos perform really well versus tweets with no photo or image. Um, but yeah, I think when we track the promotion quality, that's really important because athletes like to be authentic and they like to, you know, have their own voice and control and figure out creative ways to incorporate their sponsors without making it look overly commercial. Uh, But typically the athletes that post with good sponsor promotion are driving more engagement per post. And it's typically happening on Instagram or Facebook more so than uh, Twitter or YouTube. And when we are thinking about promotions, we're typically thinking that positive publicity um, but can you track the negative publicity? And what about like what about that? Is that good? Is that bad? Yeah. So there's um, kind of the old saying that any any publicity is good. Um, you can track the sentiment of what people are saying, looking at the comments that are being posted on on photos and videos and such. And uh, we don't incorporate sentiment into the valuation model, only because it's we're looking at a true media value. Uh, so sentiment is a little bit more subjective on whether it's good or bad. And so the sentiment doesn't affect the dollar value of what the post is worth. Uh, but it, yes, it absolutely can be tracked. So, Scott, before we continue, let me remind our audience that they are listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show here on Sirius XM's Business Radio Channel 111. 
We're speaking with Scott Tilton, the co-founder and CEO of Hook It. Uh, Scott, uh, my first question, a little softball question, but it's, it's, I'm really curious about it. How did you get the name Hook It? What, is, what does that symbolize? <laughs> um, so it actually stems back to the original business model where we were connecting athletes with sponsors. And when we went through a name change, we put it out to our athletes to help us, you know, come up with a new brand and, and what that emotional connection was to our platform. And the consistent theme was, uh, you hook us up. And, you know, that came up probably eight out of 10 times every time we talked to an athlete. So that's where hook it came from. And now it's, you know, in the data and analytics space, it actually still makes sense. So we, we stuck with it. Gotcha. And so in addition to kind of gathering the data and, and, uh, and providing this information to the brands or sponsors or athletes, do you also do you do anything? Do you provide any advice on what they should do with this information as well? Yeah, so that's probably the biggest piece of our business because now that we've been doing this for six, seven years, um, it got into a little bit of an information overload stage where our clients, and especially if they weren't real savvy on how to use the data, um, they were looking for more key insights and best practices on what what do I do with the data. And you know, so our positioning is really that we're in the business of providing data, insights, and best practices on how to maximize sponsorships. So there's a huge focus of ours on on providing those data and in, those data insights and best practices to help people more effectively use the data that we're providing. We spent a little bit of time earlier on the show talking about IndyCar, and I know that you guys have a recent partnership with them. So where sponsors are kind of the core of racing already, can you talk a little bit about that partnership and what you think will happen from there? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so IndyCar is a, is a great plat- platform and property, and uh, we've been in conversations for a number of months. And um, when you look at it from a league perspective, they've got a lot of moving parts because they've also got Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They have a number of different uh, racing events that come through there beyond just IndyCar. And so there is a little bit of a complicated mix of what they were trying to track. So they're trying to track the venue value, but then they're also trying to track all the race values while coaching and educating the drivers and teams on how to do a better job in social uh, to elevate the presence of the entire sport. So um, in a nutshell, that's kind of the, the broadest sense of the scope that we're working with them on is, Everything from measurement of Indianapolis Motor Speedway to all of their uh, their entire race series, and then all the way down to educating uh, drivers and teams on how to do a better job in social uh, to elevate the sport. So, Scott, um, tell us. You mentioned best practices earlier. So, who are who are the brands or the athletes are, that are doing the best in this uh, space? So, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo is a real easy one to talk about. Um, he's you know, really the king of social. He's got 310 million followers, and uh, he surpassed 200 million about uh, two years ago. And just in the past 12 months, he's he's uh, already garnered you know 57 million new followers, which is when you think about the the scale of his follower base, it's just so massive. But coupled with that, he's also just a marketing machine. You know, so we did a study for Forbes last year to track his year-long sponsorship value. And he drove just shy of a billion dollars in media value for, I think it was eight sponsors of his, uh, half a billion dollars of which was for Nike. So he's just done a tremendous job in terms of, you know, building his personal brand and um, doing a good job to really cater to the fans and post things that they like. And then also incorporating his sponsors and, and really driving his the business side um, 
to make sure that he's maximizing what he's getting on the sponsorship front. So he's just, you know, it's phenomenal to watch what he does and how he does it. And I think a lot of it just kind of happened organically because of who he is. Uh, but yeah, he's probably the best athlete in the world in terms of uh, engaging fans and social and driving value for his sponsors. Excellent. Well, Scott, we are unfortunately up against the clock here, but we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Thanks. That was Scott Tilton, CEO and co-founder of Hook It. And before we end today, we would like to thank program director Patty Hall, producer Matt Datz, sound engineer Danielle Bruno, and, of course, all of our listeners. This has been the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM's Business Radio Channel 111. Join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 